Good afternoon and welcome back to Midday Magazine for Thursday, March 23rd. I'm Shelby Herbert reporting for KFSK. Alaska House Speaker Kathy Tilton called for a vote on Tuesday to reject salary increases for the legislature, governor and state commissioners. This comes after a tumultuous month for the commission that makes salary recommendations for elected officials. Alaska Public Media's Kavitha George reports. It's been more than 10 years since the governor or the legislature have had a pay raise. The latest plan would bump the governor's pay up about 20% to $176,000 per year. Legislators would get a 67% raise to $84,000 per year. House Speaker Kathy Tilton, a Republican from Wasilla, said at a news conference that her majority caucus was concerned about the process that produced the pay raises. People have different opinions on what this this should look like, but at this point, um, I think that that conversation needs to continue a little bit more. Salary recommendations are typically made by a five-member state commission appointed by the governor. Earlier this month, all five members resigned or were fired after producing a recommendation report that included raises for the governor, lieutenant governor, and state commissioners, but not for the legislature. A new commission was appointed almost immediately, which amended the report to include a pay raise for legislators. Proponents of the legislative pay raise say it ensures diversity in the body. Larry Persley was one of the members of the original commission who was fired last week. He says the commission shuffling is not how government is supposed to work. This was not a transparent process. This was within the span of, what, 48 hours. You get rid of a board, just happen to have five bystanders who you're going to name, and magically they all agree to, to vote the same way on something that there's no backup, no discussion I'm I'm okay with a legislative pay raise. I would have voted for one, but this is not the way to do it. Senate President Gary Stevens, a Kodiak Republican, said Tuesday that the legislative pay raise was a long time coming. He did not indicate whether he would support Tilton's call to reject the new salary recommendations. We're concerned. We're, we're, we're listening about that. We're listening to what they're saying. We haven't made any firm decision on what our plans are exactly. In a press conference Tuesday, Governor Mike Dunleavy defended the decision to replace compensation commissioners. I know that some want to believe there's some nefarious or, or, or dark reason why the uh, members of the commission were removed. But again, as I explained earlier, um, all statute, constitution, regs, you name it, uh, were fouled, have been fouled, will be fouled. The governor said the decision to accept or reject the new salary recommendations is in the hands of the legislature. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Kavitha George. Earlier this month, Governor Mike Dunleavy introduced legislation that would require parental permission for Alaska students to participate in school clubs related to gender and sexuality. In Juneau, two such clubs are open to middle schoolers. They're both called the Alliance, like other gender and sexuality alliance clubs across the country. At one club meeting last week, students told Yvonne Crumry what the group means to them. About 20 kids gather in a classroom with pride flags draping the walls. They're eating snacks, showing each other videos, and talking about their days at school. 
typical middle school stuff. A few came out into the hall to talk about the club. What does GSA mean to you? A place you can be yourself. That's a student who asked not to be identified for this story. KTO agreed in order to protect their privacy. So, my mom is, like, not against LGBTQ and stuff like that. So, like, and I can't really be, like, myself around her because, like, she doesn't like that stuff. So, like, I've been coming here for, like, around, like, four months. And I think, like, I really like this place. Oliver Schufelt is an adult facilitator with the Alliance. They say clubs like the Alliance are necessary because kids may not have other LGBTQ plus family members or support. That sort of community isn't really baked in for these kids, that, that we really have to intentionally create that. And these kids often have to seek it out. Um, but these are really life-altering, life-saving spaces. And when they say life-saving, it's not an exaggeration. The Trevor Project reported last year that 45% of LGBTQ youth in Alaska seriously considered suicide in the past year. And 64% of LGBTQ youth in Alaska lacked access to medical health care they wanted. One of the top reasons was that they didn't want to ask their parents for permission. Oh, wow. Another student in the Alliance said they're out to their mom, but not their dad. And if they had to get permission from him, they may not be able to come anymore. With my mom, it wouldn't be a problem. Like, she, she knows about um, me being transgender, but my father doesn't and that would that would cause problems for now they tell their dad they go to a homework club after school some of the youth said their parents were supportive of their identities and know they go to the alliance group but the group is still special because they can be around other youth who share their identities for others the group offers support while they think about how to talk to their families about who they are the alliance meets weekly at floyd dryden and zondekahini middle schools the Zach Gordon Youth Center has a weekly group for LGBTQ plus teens each Thursday. The groups are open to any student on a drop-in basis. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Cremery. The Sitka Sound Sacro Herring Fishery will go on two-hour notice this morning. That means any time after this morning, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game can announce a fishery opening with two hours warning. The Alaska Department of Fishing Game on Monday conducted aerial surveys of Sitka Sound from Cape Buranoff to St. Lazaria Island. According to a press release from the department, no spawn or herring schools were observed during their flights. Two test sets were conducted from department and industry vessels to assess the maturity of the fish. The fishery tar targets the herring's eggs, known as roe, which are sold internationally. A test a set of herring pulled from the South Galankin Island showed fish with around 3.5% mature roe at an average rate of 129 grams. Mature roe for a test set pulled near Mountain Point was much lower at 0.2%. With the fish weighing around 90 grams on average. In order to open the fishery, state managers want to see fish with at least 10% mature roe. The state's research vessel, the Kestrel, arrived in Sitka Wednesday morning to conduct a vessel survey. Last year, the guideline harvest level for the fishery was 45,000 tons, but fishermen only caught around 25,000. 
that was still the highest harvest on record. The guideline harvest level for this year's fishery is set at 30,000 tons. The fishery and its management have been under scrutiny for years. In 2018, the Sitka tribe of Alaska sued the state over management of the fishery. That case was settled in 2021. But in December of last year, attorneys for STA called for a reversal of the Superior Court's ruling before the Alaska Supreme Court. The court is expected to issue a written decision on the tribe's appeal sometime this year. The Lady Vikings have returned from their regional games and their season is officially over. They didn't make it to the state tournament with the Viking boys. But Dino Brock, who coaches the girls' teams, says he's proud of how the Lady Vikings have honed their defensive skills this season. Sophomore Lady Vikings Adara Curtis and Eleanor Candle took home the Good Sport Award, and junior Anya Pawak made all-conference. Coach Dino looked back on the girls' hard-fought basketball season. For the young athletes of the Lady Vikings basketball team, the 22-23 season was a trial by fire. But for Coach Dino, the key word has always been improvement. Dino broke down their two regional games. I went to regions and ended up playing two games against Wrangell and against Haynes. Uh, We started out the first game against Wrangell. Nice job defensively, but we continued to struggle scoring. But I thought that in both games, we did a very nice job defensively. We made some changes before the Wrangell game, trying to take away Wrangell's top scorer, and I thought that we did a really nice job, but uh, some of the other girls on their team hit some shots that they hadn't been hitting against us. Overall, I, I thought our effort was great, our attitude was great. Wrangell's Lady Wolves beat them 48-10. to 10. The Petersburg girls' second regional game was closer. We thought we came out fired up and ready to play. Then, same kind of thing. I thought that we played with a lot of energy, played with a lot of heart. We just uh, struggled to score again. The Haynes Glacier Bears beat them 38-16. to Dino says audiences across the southeast recognized Petersburg's good sportsmanship and fighting spirit. People in other communities talked about how hard we played and how well we played and our effort levels through both games. And there were just lots and lots of compliments over the weekend. Dino praised key players who won awards for their performance. Anya Powick made all-conference, and then Adara Curtis and Eleanor Candle both made the Good Sport Award, which could have went to a lot of different players, but just good recognition for them for everything they've done. Dino says he's never had a group that showed so much improvement from the beginning of the season. He also points out that most of the kids the Lady Vikings played against were older, bigger, and more experienced, and that dynamic could set them up for success in the future. Well, yeah, I I think a huge part of it was just our our youth um, with one senior and and two juniors. Um, You know, the majority of our team is made up of sophomores and freshmen. So Dino says the team's performance is unrecognizable from where they were earlier in the season. That means, he believes, they'll be ready for whatever the next year will bring. If you watch us at the beginning of the season and watch us at the end of the season, we are two completely different teams, experience-wise, skill-wise, all of it. That's on the kids with all the time and effort that they put in and how hard they worked at practice. Dino says he's excited for next year and that the improvement he witnessed in the 22-23 season was just huge. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert.
A few state departments have agreed to continue a program that will allow more law enforcement on state ferries this summer. The Alaska Marine Highway System and the State Department of, of Public St- Safety announced the renewable the renewal of a ride-along agreement for Alaska state troopers. The program allows troopers to ride for free on personal trips, if space allows, in exchange for law enforcement presence. Shannon McCarthy is a spokesperson for the Department of Transportation. So the purpose really is to increase the presence of Alaska State Troopers on the ferry, just to provide the public with some additional safety and security. McCarthy says eligible troopers can ride along on a space-available basis for personal travel in exchange for assisting crew and passengers as needed. But the troopers don't need to be in uniform. They do not necessarily have to be in uniform, but of course they do have a duty to respond should something happen. Um, and so, and that it would be this arrangement where we could provide them um, complimentary travel so that they would choose to travel on the marine highway system. McCarthy says renewing the program this year is not related to a change in criminal incidents aboard Alaska ferries. In fact, the Alaska Marine Highway System doesn't track public safety incidents that happen on board. Those are reported to local law enforcement depending on the type of incident and location. That could be the U.S. Coast Guard, state troopers, or nearby law enforcement of the closest port. McCarthy cited recent federal drug trafficking arrests on a ferry in Ketchikan as a type of incident troopers could assist in. It's more of the case that the marine highway system, you know, doesn't have a security force per se. They have the crew, um, and it does give both passengers and crew that extra level of security when when we do have, um, you know, law enforcement officers on board. The ride-along program does not cost the state as it's only as space is available. Troopers can call and reserve seating under the program. Families are not eligible. DOT last year renewed the Drug Enforcement Canine Unit in Bellingham and started participating in anti-human trafficking measures, according to the statement. McCarthy says Alaska airports and ferry systems participate in the Blue Campaign a public awareness campaign to identify human trafficking and exploitation. She says right now that includes posting signs with a hotline number for those who may be traveling under duress and are being exploited. In terms of the Marine Highway, we have posted um, stickers in uh, all of the restrooms to Blue Hand, and it gives information for someone, you know, who to contact should they um, be a victim of human trafficking or feel like someone else may be in danger of human trafficking. The Alaska Marine Highway System started up the Trooper Ride Along program last year after it lapsed during the COVID pandemic. It originally started in 2008. You're listening to Midday Magazine. I'm Shelby Herbert reporting for KFSK. Coming up next, local and marine weather.